152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right, Kev, we're back uh, after a tremendous weekend. I've been uh, depressed since about Sunday night. Uh, rough two days at work. Um, I heard a joke recently that sometimes you go on like these boys trips and you like actually think to yourself like, oh, could I just like run away with these guys and we can just get a house and we can just start life over. And I would be lying if I said that thought did not come across my mind sometime Sunday. The first first annual inaugural Surviving Golf Rider Cup is in the books. A tremendous weekend uh, top to bottom, on, co- on course, off course. Um, I'm sure we'll get into uh, a lot of the happenings. I have uh, a shitload of stuff written down that I need to I need to recap. But all in all, um, truly a memorable trip, and I already can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, yeah. Um, amazing time, great group of guys, great house. Um, everything just sort of came together really, I think, the way that we wanted um so thank you so much to everyone for for making it possible and um as i said we're already looking forward to next year for sure um yeah the 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 golf course was great we had three great days um even despite a little bit of weather uh on sunday but uh you know the rap match was pretty pretty well you know uh ended at that point so unfortunately for team usa not victorious this year but uh you know hopefully we'll come back strong we'll see what happens next year but um yeah you know just a a lot of fun I I don't think that I would have too many critiques of things that that could have been done differently I would say just a couple things I was a little sad about or wanting more was um I guess it's tough the time on the course only getting you know those four people together it would be great to you know have some interaction between all three groups would, would would be really cool. And it's a little tough to kind of work who you're playing with just based on like the strategy, obviously of the, the matches that we're doing and the teams. And, and I know there's, there's some people that, you know, know each other better and want to play with each other more, but unfortunately just one of those things are kind of shakes out how it shakes out. But um, yeah. What were your, what were your thoughts? What was your, what was your favorite part? Well, my favorite part was taking home the trophy at the end of the the competition. You did touch on it. Team Europe, my guys, successful uh, in a, in, I'm going to call it what it was, which was a blowout. Now, did the score line, score line reflect the competitiveness? I'm not sure, but the final score, pretty decisive. And I'm just, uh, I'm proud of my guys. Uh, I'm proud of my drafting process. Uh, I put a, probably too many hours into thinking about this. And I think I got it right for the first year. Um, I learned a lot about the format and what works and what doesn't. Um, But even though the scoreline ended up getting out of hand, uh, I really felt like maybe in the middle of day two, like nine holes through on day two, it could have gone either way. And uh, yeah, so we'll get into like the individual days, I guess. But I want to echo your critique as well. I don't know if in future years we should push for a 12-some or two 12-sums and just, you know, make groups behind that 12-some wait an hour to tee off afterward or something. Uh, I know I made the the comment multiple times on the course. I was wishing we had like either a walkie-talkie system or a live video stream of every group or had us all on like a Zoom call because... I was equally as curious uh, and 
as excited to see what was going on in the matches in front and behind as I was in my own match. And I thought, you know, it was truly awesome um, to uh, have, you know, groups waiting for you on 18 and walk off and, and see your squad and your guys are there and they're pulling. Well, most of my guys are pulling for me. Uh, some aren't four, four out of five, uh, four out of five are pulling for me and the team. And like, it's just, a, it's a cool feeling. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I've, I've said it already. I'm, I'm already starting planning for next year. I started it yesterday. We already have ideas that I'm sure we'll tease at the end here, but I would love to see this thing be 30, 40 people big. If we can get it, it's just awesome. Um, but without further ado, let's talk about, let's talk about the golf a little bit. So Friday, Two-man scramble, uh, clean sweep. Oh, not a clean sweep. I got my days mixed up. We had three matchups. This is where Europe started, uh, you know, their winning ways. We went two and one. Um, the the bad boys, who will be uh, mentioned more than one time in this podcast, started off with a statement win uh, against uh, Team USA's ace and Team USA's, like, like bulldog all week i'll call him cody and john um dylan and nick took down uh you and jimmy and then team europe's uh loss was myself and andrew losing to greg and zach and i played with zach all three days um i've never seen him play better than he played on friday it was absolutely disheartening to play against him i have to give him a shout um every time team europe had uh, a slight chance of winning or tying a hole uh it was time to hit time for him to bury a a 25 plus footer uh right in our eyeball and he did that multiple multiple times everything was on point um so they got a well-deserved point uh on team europe and uh yeah that was a that was a consistent twosome uh who who definitely played their best on friday but impressive stuff um so that was sort of my takeaway from day one was zach's performance what did you think of when you remember day one, the two-man scramble, format, players, anything? Yeah. Um, Friday, well, first of all, I was just overly very happy with how Friday went because uh, Saturday hadn't happened yet. And I felt felt like with the way that all the matches went on Friday, it felt super competitive. You know, every match was was pretty competitive, I, I felt like. Um, and, and I felt like we easily could have gone two one either way there after the first day. Um, I can speak to my group for sure. I was incredibly, incredibly impressed with Jimmy's play, uh, in my group oh, for me on he, Friday. He was getting he, shout outs from all I over know, the course. Yeah. He was crazy. Not, people not happy. Well, <laughs> team Europe, not happy, but yeah, I, I personally, um, I, I played decently on Friday, but not very well off the tee. And Jimmy went second just about every time off the tee and did not waver. Uh, proceeded. I, I think he hit, we, we were talking about it the next day, like something like 13, 14 fairway. So just inc- incredible, incredible performance. Um, so that really carried us through and kept us competitive in that match. We, we tied it up uh, going into... 15 i believe we were tied um and then or, or 14 and then ended up going down to got one back on we were dormy on 17 but got one back so then needed to get one back on 18 for the tie and just just couldn't get it done 18 was a tough hole for me all weekend i lost i lost oh, man. twice on i lost on friday lost on saturday uh and then just didn't play it on sunday but um 
but yeah, that was that was my main takeaway from Friday. I was I I despite being down two one, I still felt good about where we were at. And then Saturday, obviously, just you know, very unfortunate. But yeah, I I think I learned a lot of some stuff too about um some of the best ball formatting, a little more strategy in terms of like you know how to pair those teams up and how to draft a little bit differently even from the start too as well so yeah yeah i uh i was really not sure what was going to work um in terms of skill sets i've i've learned a lot uh about the scramble format going to keep all of that to myself uh because i'm trying to never lose this trophy ever again um, but then you sort of mentioned it. I, I'm actually, as we speak, looking up my, my exact Google search right now is British wins in the Revolutionary War because I wanted to name Saturday after one of those. We'll, uh, we'll go with the Great Fire of New York. That's what we're going to call it on Saturday. That was a, uh, a Team Europe 3-0 uh, clean sweep of, of Team USA. Um, like I said, after nine holes, uh, every all of the three matches could have gone either way. Um, I got to sort of credit uh, my playing partner who sort of picked me up uh, a good amount. We definitely did sort of contribute back and forth. Um, but Dave definitely mentally kept me in it when I was struggling. Uh, that's before he turned on me on Sunday, which we will get to. But uh, on Saturday, he was very helpful. And then Alex and Dylan uh, taking down you and Cody. Um, in that in that best ball with you uh from what i heard playing exceptionally well was a great a great performance um alex played the best golf i've seen him play all three all three days is pretty impressive stuff when when we most needed it so um i know he'll be getting uh one of my awards at the at the very end of this um and then yeah greg and zach zach like you know if we're talking about like the a plus game on friday definitely dropped it like back down to the b game and that helped a lot but you know, that sort of gave us a, let's see my math here, a 5-1 lead going into singles. And that was sort of always going to be tough to overcome um, after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think looking back for me now, I my um, my match was still competitive on Saturday. Um, as you mentioned, that was a big win by Alex and Dylan. And that was just going to be a tough, you know, kind of very formidable team to be going up against. Yeah. Um, Got to put the heavy hitters out there, man. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um so that was tough, but Cody and I were right there. We just put ourselves in a big hole to start down three, uh, through three is always a tough way to to open up there. Um, but we battled back, um, ended up getting it all square sort of late there, somewhere on the back nine. Um, and then again, just kind of choked it away down the stretch. And that that just kind of, you know, pretty much pretty much solidified the weekend and that team Europe was gonna be the one to get us. So I think, I think looking back. We would have had to flip one of those matches on Friday, and then Cody and I have to win on Saturday. If that happens, then Sunday looks very different um, in my mind because because Sunday went super well, also, which I was um, pleasantly surprised for Team USA. I mean, we we're I mean we we're even. I was just happy not to get blown out, blown out. So, um, but yeah, that's what you want. Just going into Sunday, if we could have kept it a little bit more competitive on Saturday, and then maybe stolen one or two more matches, I think. You know, I think we'd be playing through that rain uh, rather than coming in early. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, so, yeah, I um, but yeah, I it, it, it just it was such a great weekend overall. Some people like um, I know myself always not playing as well as I wanted. I felt pretty good being able to pick my game back up towards the end of the weekend. I know a lot of other guys as well 
you know, kind of hit some stretches where they played well one day and didn't another day. So um, you're just kind of keeping the mindset of like long weekend and, you know, it, you're, you're probably not going to play all the time, but that's, that's, it's nice to have that playing partner there. I really like that aspect of it. Cause it, it's, it's comes in big, either you having to, um, you know, build up your teammate or your teammate having to to build you up is a, is a big factor as well. Yeah, I know. Um, I know for me personally, it was like a perfect compliment on both days as to when I played well, when my partner did not play well, we sort of matched up. And that's like you said, that's a good, uh, a good safety net to have while you're figuring out, obviously, while you're by yourself, you know, that just sort of puts you out of a match. But, you know, you've got a partner there to pick you up um, when you need it. And uh, yeah, I had I had some good ones. I had some good ones. So I want to shout them out. I have some I have some winners and losers is sort of how I wrote it down of the whole weekend. Um, and I'll start with a winner. Um, and it's, I mentioned them before the bad boys, I was trying to decide, uh, an MVP. Uh, I could not quite balance, uh, Alex, Alex's exceptional play as the second pick or Dave's good play as the last pick. Um, but I just got to make the team, the team itself, um, an MVP because of that. I'm going to, I'm going to give both of them both of them the award they'll both get the trophy uh first and second uh when it's ready to go um but yeah really carried team europe throughout the uh throughout the week both three and oh uh along with nick who um another winner i uh, sort of just uh, just plow through a couple uh nick on sunday was uh the most on fire i've ever seen anybody and he was hitting um everything in the fairway was perfect but the way he was pin seeking pretty much every single hole on the front nine really just demoralized zach i think from the very beginning and uh when i was in his you know in his group watching that match take place knowing that team europe needed a win and a tie uh to win i knew pretty early that we were getting one of those uh from that matchup um and, and we would find the other one somewhere so i felt real comfortable watching nick play yeah, uh, you touched on it just there. So I, you know, that everyone that was a big fan, big match that everyone was was interested in, and and Nick really, uh, I played with him on day one. He was he was very impressive um, off the tee, especially like yeah. um, I said to him. I think I remember playing with him a few a couple of years ago, and he did not play like that. So uh, very very well done by him. Yeah, I'll read out uh, on Sunday single. Zach texted me at twelve. 18 uh oh, so that's gotta Nick's be what two, five five holes in six holes Nick in. goes Nick yeah he said he's two over through five I'm down four holes already it was and, and honestly <laughs> it should have been way better than two over like he he missed a he missed a four foot birdie putt on the par three he missed a 10 foot birdie putt on one of the other holes he had birdie putts for the first six holes it felt like yeah. um, he could have easily been under par and it wasn't just wasn't just the score that he came out with like Every shot was just on point through yeah. through five to six holes. So I knew, like I said, I knew the pressure was getting to Zach a little bit, the pressure to have to hit spectacular shots um, because that's what he was facing. And it was just, yeah, it was tough to overcome. Yeah. Um, I got a couple guys to shout out as well. I don't know if I can necessarily give an MVP to a team that lost 12 to whatever we lost, but um, but eight, I have some, either some shout eight, outs. eight, two and one. Or nine and two, however, however Depending we depending on how we yeah. want to say, yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, number one, I was impressed um, with my guy Greg. First of all, coming in not really knowing anybody except for Andrew is a tough situation to come in. So I give him props for 
uh, you know, being a good sport and kind of, you know, um, coming in and being a good contributor. But, you know, also won two. I believe he won two out of his three matches, right? He did. He did, he did. win on, on Friday. Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, stepped up, played really well for us. I believe was the only member of Team USA to win two out of their three matches. Um, so, uh, so that was big for us. And the other one's going to be uh, my boy, Johnny C, you know. Oh, my God. Draft, when we were drafted at the Hogs Pen. I think when that matchup came out, it was pretty unanimous that that was going to be a tough one for him to win, you know? Um, and even himself, like he, he uh, self admittedly was surprised by the thing, but, um, and you know, he, he, he did end up not winning, but, but it came out super strong. He was kicking my ass, <laughs> man. I you're, so you're talking about the John Eddie matchup there. He was kicking my ass going into yeah. the, we had a we had a big rain delay that really sort of helped me uh get to my senses. I know uh I was reeling, reeling. I was three down going into the 11th tee. John was showing no sign of slowing down. Um, and we had some lightning strikes, and thankfully, you know, we got called in. Actually, we you know, we didn't get called in because this course doesn't care about our lives, but uh it would became so rainy that it was unplayable was able to get a beer and just recoup. And I want to thank mother nature for that because otherwise I think it's like seven and six John, but <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he came out and, you know, like I said, the beer went the opposite way for him, thankfully. And he began to finally show his, like he bled for the first time in the match on, on 11. So I was very thankful for that, but he played exceptional. He did not, did not crack at all. Yeah. Yeah. And just being in that situation with us being, you know, being down so much, it would have been easy for him to come out and just not play very well. So I give him props for 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 bringing that kind of game on Sunday. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. My first loser of the weekend is besides the, Team USA. Yeah, <laughs> my second, <laughs> my second loser uh, is the premise that you need to have good team chemistry to win in professional mm-hmm. sports because that has been strongly disproven. Uh, I know throughout the lead up to this tournament, there was nothing but infighting and bickering from team Europe, but either way uh, that was sort of a mystery for me of how that was going to, you know, sort of play out when we got to the course. But like I said, it has been disproven. Uh, a team does not need to like each other. We do not need to cheer for each other. Uh, we, we, yeah, we don't have to encourage anybody. Sometimes talent, I guess, just wins out. And that was a case here. Uh, and to to illustrate my point, uh, I'd like to tell a quick story about uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, we had just, the the match had officially became uh, official. Two matches had gone, gone Team USA's, or Team uh, Europe's way. It had been locked up. I uh, got the trophy. We're in the clubhouse. Uh, all but one group is is out on the course and I'm sitting there with my team and we're celebrating and uh one of my teammates my my one of the bad boys Dave my guy and I know you were here for this too so if I'm telling this incorrectly please you know keep me in check um you know we're recapping matches and he just goes yeah I wanted you to lose so bad today and I was just like okay that's not what I expected I was I was uh trying to trying to see you win because it would help our team but again that just illustrates what we do on team europe we we give it to each other bad and like i said maybe there's some little grudges there but in the end i i guess the talent just trumps out 
Yeah, no, that's the that's the correct version of the story. Just to give a little context as well, like, and just to add to it a little bit. So yeah, we're out on the um on that little like porch deck that they had there and we're watching alex's group you know come down the stretch and the dave is in the midst of like plotting with like the wage with like the waitress who was at the course to like you know this whole thing where she's gonna tell alex that which if you didn't see this part either if you had already left at this point this you this was hilarious but she was gonna tell alex that they had, you know, they they had gotten a lot of complaints about him, and that when he came in, he was just gonna have to head out and like not be able to order any food or anything like that. So, so Dave's plotting all this, and then yeah, he throws it in like yeah, he was like Ed, I was I was just really hoping you would lose so badly. And you know, for those of you who like who don't know Dave, or like met Dave for the first time this weekend, like he that's just hit like he does not care about like he will rip on USA Europe. Any anybody can get he, it. Anybody if he can get knows it. you, yeah. if he doesn't know you, like if he thinks it's gonna make people laugh at your expense, like you, and he has a good like one liner that you're, it's coming out like, yep. and and but yeah, that 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 was the whole thing. I just felt like that was kind of your whole team's mentality. It's just like you rip on each other, yep, just as much as yep. you ripped on us, and 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 work for you. So so props there, but uh, but yeah, that that was definitely hilarious for sure. And by the way, when Alice came into the clubhouse, he. The the way it played out like was pretty funny because right away he was like no that was yeah. Dave. Like, he put you up to this but the girl to the girl's credit like she didn't waver like she kept saying she was like no, stone like, colds yeah she's like no we've gotten complaints like you can't be here and I think Alex was like kind of half starting to believe it and I was just getting like very unco- I was like getting secondhand embarrassment just uncomfortable I was like oh man. And then, uh, you know, after about 10 seconds, she kind of relented. But very there was funny. a lot of a lot of silence in that conversation yeah. as <laughs> both parties, I think, were ingesting what was taking place. Yeah. Yeah. She kept sure. a she kept a stone face. Um, yeah. You got any losers? Uh, losers. Oh, man. Yeah. Listen, I hate to do it to him, but it's got to be my my number one pick. Cody going on three, I think. Right. Like. I don't know. I don't think I, I think he had some a couple close matches, but I think he would even say he was kind of disappointed in the way he played. I mean, Alex, I don't think anyone beats Alex on Sunday for sure. So I can't really fault him there. Um, but I think Cody came in with some some high expectations and he he talked a lot of smack at the house, too. So um, he, he called so, for yeah. it three times. He wanted it. He got wanted it. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Got it three times. And yeah. Ooh. Did he play with Alex all three days? I think so. He did. Yeah, yeah he so did. It wasn't like he wasn't called seeing it what all was three going times. on. Yeah. He called it all three times. <laughs> it was a strong yeah. move. I like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I say this to him knowing, you know, Cody doesn't need to worry about his golf game. He's a, he's a very good player. But, yeah, it's just. Uh, he is. the dynamic. Yeah, he. He is. He, he wanted it and, and he got it. He got yep. it all three days. So. <laughs> <He did. laughs> oh. All right. My second loser is glass cups. And this harkens back to uh, there was a lot of impressive stuff that went on on the course this week. Uh, There was nothing more impressive in my eyes than the performance of Andrew uh, throwing dice into glass cups. It was it was the most that's that's where they lose. Um, I. I truly feel like I saw something quite special this weekend in that game. I was sitting there both nights 
Uh, I would have rather just watched him play than play, but I played a lot with him. I've never seen anything as athletically impressive as his skill in throwing. Throwing is one thing. Everybody sees the throwing, but where the underrated thing is, is the amount of ground he covered uh, catching the the dice as well. Um, I, I know for those that played me and him, uh, I did not catch anything by design. I just allowed him to take quite literally the entire table up to my lap. And he did that flawlessly. And that's while literally smashing cups with with the dice and, and, and breaking them into pieces. So um, I really yep. feel like I saw like MJ in the garden is how I I think I called it on Sunday. Like I, I, I feel like I'm never going to forget that in my entire life. Yeah, such a... Um... Such a fun game, number one. I really had fun playing that game. And he, yeah, Andrew, and I don't know, honestly, I think I'm more impressed. I'm more impressed by the dunks because of just the sheer like discrepancy between him and the next guy. It was like right. 10 or something. <laughs> right. Right. But also the cat, he was probably the best at catching also like in the house. So like that, that combination just makes it, you know, kind of tough to beat. Even the the scoring system though was making it in the glass only counting as a point. Right. But the mental the mental like effect that it just just has on you like you got to chug that beer again and then fill it back up like it just I think the mental toll is what really uh sort of puts you behind there but yeah, super fun game. The glass chipping was wild. I would not have sus- had not have guessed that you'd be able to chip a glass with a die from like eight feet away but i guess i guess you can because it happened a few times yeah i'd say um, carolyn from airbnb if you're listening we're just joking about that part yeah we brought sure our own not. glassware yeah. we brought our own glassware yeah yeah I'm there's sure a couple other not. things that happened over the weekend that we can't discuss but on these it, airways but yeah it was uh <laughs> it it was crazy i've never seen like 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 not only did he make every one he made a bunch in a row he started off games making and then, yeah, to destroy a glass was just the statement, uh, you know, like the three to make 81 points for Kobe. Like it's just a different, yeah, really a different level of athleticism. I, I don't know how a set of hands that good uh, doesn't translate into better golf for the weekend. Um, but I think, no, I, I, I kid. I played with Andrew right before that trip. And I think I think he would tell you that he struggled more than he is accustomed to but if that was the price that uh we had to pay or i had to pay to see that that snap of performance then i'm willing to pay it every time yeah the hands did not disappoint on in snapper yeah, right he saved sure. yeah, he saved of... them for the night i think left them left them in the yeah. cart during the day and then <laughs> saved them for night. yeah uh, yeah andrew was one of the people i was disappointed i was i was hoping to looking forward to, to playing with him and unfortunately never got to any of the three days but um but yeah, incredible performance by him. Um, what else? I guess cornhole. Oh, cornhole. I think there was some some good runs on the cornhole boards. But I think uh, if I had to crown one person, now this was not quite as dominating a performance as Andrew and Snappa, but uh, but it would have to be John Currier. I think mm-hmm. he would go. JC. He didn't start off super hot, but he kind of found his form. And then it was just like three baggers, two baggers, three baggers, like every single time almost. Um, so I think he, like individually, he was probably the strongest um, on the cornhole boards. And then never broke out can jam, unfortunately, <laughs> even though we had two sets. Yeah, that's right. Can't get enough sets that you don't use. Um, <laughs> my final winner is going to be this trophy. I am uh, dropping it off to be engraved tomorrow. And then, as I told the group, it will spend 
at least one month with each participant of Team Europe. And I believe that's how it will go for the existence that that it has. Uh, I will get it engraved every year and everybody that has it will can, can treat it like the Stanley Cup, I guess. Um, so I hope that's a winner. Uh, do what you want. I would love to. And what I've sort of been thinking about is starting an Instagram account for the trophy throughout its its adventures uh, through Team Europe. And I think that would be something that will be coming across your airwaves in the in the coming days and weeks when I get it back. So look out for that right there. Yeah, we want uh, we want that documented. I'm I'm sure. Um, yeah. Though my, my next question is, do you want to remain? Or maybe you haven't thought about this yet. But do you want to remain as Team Europe in the coming years, or do you want to switch? Like the name of my team? Yeah, like who you represent. I I want to stay Team Europe. All right. I figured I that's what you'd say, but I just we hadn't discussed it. So I do. I, didn't, I don't know. Yep. No, I do. Cause I want to be, you know, we're, we're going, we're rotating to USA next year. So you'll have the yep. home field advantage, uh, you know, unless you want to represent a different country, uh, which you're, you're welcome to do, but we're going to stay, we're going to stay as Europe with whoever my, my team is. No, that's good. Yeah. I'll stay as USA as well. Okay. Nice. I, so our final sort of how, uh, how I think we should end, uh, you know, our wrap up of the first ever uh, Ryder cup, is looking forward to next year, and I'm going to give you my top three options as it stands uh, exactly two days out from ending <laughs> ending the first one. Uh, Atlantic City is my number one option right now, and I think that would cause a, a whole host of, of great problems. Uh, that's my number one. My number two is Foxwoods, and then my number three is Beth Page in New York. And that's where we wow. stand now. And there will be, there will be obviously updates. I don't, I don't really, uh, I didn't plan on planning next year, uh, you know, 300 days away from it. So this may take a little bit to actually finalize these plans, but I've already started to look. And I think, yeah, I think that's where we're sort of, we started, started the journey. I don't think, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Ed touched on a little bit, but number one, we we would like to expand. I think we talked about this over the weekend as well. Um, so looking for, um, you know, interested people, if you guys know know people looking to fill a lot more spots. Um, but yeah, wow, that's um, that's big. All three of those courses would be very exciting. Um, well, but I don't know about the Atlantic City golf situation, like the courses around there. Is there good? Uh, I don't know what the Yeah, what I sort of looked at was like the casino first and then just well, figuring course, it out from there. I, yeah. What I was going to say is no, I think I, I know Foxwoods down. has like the stay and play. I don't even know if it has stay and play in Atlantic City, but I was just like, oh man, that would be a great area <laughs> to stay in in the summer. I don't think everyone would come back. We, we would lose at yeah. least one. Right. Well, yeah. sometimes you have to make sacrifices, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'd... uh. Beth played Beth Page Black would be would be very cool as well. So um all right. Yeah, we got that'll, some time to plan, I guess. Yeah, that'll uh that'll close the book on year one. Um again, thanks uh everybody for coming who did that. Uh I, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I've been uh I've been down all week at work, just like I miss it so much already, and I can't wait to get out there again with you boys. Thanks. Thanks again, guys. And uh, hoping to see everybody again pretty soon here. We will. Uh, we got one, two quick real golf things to do as we sort of transition back into a, a podcast that focuses on real professional golf, which we'll, we'll have to go back to in the coming weeks. Uh, I got two 
two hypotheticals for you, Kev, that I told you uh, before we came on that I could discuss. Uh, the first one is uh, Lucas Glover's Tiger-esque run uh, is continuing uh, two wins in a row, um, a putter change that's made him basically the best putter on the planet. And he is dangerously close to uh, a points that would put him in the Ryder Cup conversation. So my question for you is, if you had one pick as Ryder Cup captain, Justin Thomas or Lucas Glover? Yeah, it's really tough. Um, I, I love everything about um, what Glover has been able to do this summer. I think the the putt is working really well, obviously, for him. Um, I watched a lot of uh, videos and, and interviews and and um, on the struggle. If you haven't seen some of the the, the putting performances that he put on with the short putter it was like very like alarmingly bad um and apparently you know it, it just got so so bad that he he was willing to try anything basically so um it's been good to see him sort of resurgence here um i love it i love all the interviews that he's done um with the asking about the Ryder cup he, he just seems like he's um you know in a really good spot with his game right now and this probably comes a little bit might that might be number one in unpopular opinion and also a surprising opinion given my um track record with Justin Thomas not verbally you know um admittedly not being the biggest fan not fan but like not as big a fan I would say as most people are probably um but I still think that it should be Justin Thomas because for well for a few reasons number one I think the history of of this type of event and this event itself is very important um and i think that that he can he can muster it up for like for three days i i really i really believe that with the su- the support i think he'll he'll be wanted there amongst most of those teammates despite the struggles that he is having and i think that will be enough um for him to get the confidence back and i think this is sort of a good format for that to happen. I think that, that he, um, he, when in this kind of like big sort of pressure, big time environment, um, I think that, that that's where he can sort of gain back some of that confidence and, and hopefully, you know, have a, a better season than, than he's had this season. Cause I don't, you know, you don't like to see struggles of this magnitude. So. I don't know. What are your thoughts? That's it's. This is going to be a boring, a boring segment because uh, I was expecting you to go the other way there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is like the age old question of like whether you want guys who are uh, playing the best or the best players, I guess you could put it like I don't think anybody would say that Justin Thomas is not a better player than Luke or Lucas Glover overall. But Glover is certainly playing better than him and better than pretty much everybody right now. Um, but me personally, I would still take the the ceiling, I guess, over the floor, uh, especially in the Ryder Cup format. I like every point you made about sort of the team environment that he'll be on. He'll be with a bunch of guys that he's close with, uh, has played with that are, you know, sort of look to him for some hype uh, and energy in previous years. So I, I too, would take JT. I was uh, I was expecting your JT hatred to to sort of take over there and, and uh, go the other way. But. I think that's probably the right answer, but we would I be one percent surprised if Lucas Glover was on the team if that were to take place? Like I sort I sort of wouldn't because you know I'd understand that as well. I really don't want to rely on 
Lucas Glover on a Sunday against Europe. I'd say like if Europe probably had it their way, I think they probably want to see Lucas Glover instead of Justin Thomas as well. But, you know, if he go has goes ahead and just starts, just keeps winning <laughs> these, these last two tournaments of the year, yeah. then I, I don't think we really it have, will. you know, there's no conversation to be had. So if, I think if he gets even one more top five, he's probably in Glover. Right. Glover is probably automatically in, yeah. almost right with the yeah. points. I would think. Yeah. He might even score enough points. I'm not really sure. Um, now on the flip side, if JT gets picked as we both believe that he probably will, um, and then goes on to struggle or be one or not show up or have a very bad performance and team USA loses. I think that could go the other way in terms yeah. of never, live it never, down. Get, never get it back or live it down. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so it's interesting. There's a lot on the line. I wonder, I wonder what he, I'm sure he wants to be on the team JT. Of course he does, but I wonder how he feels deep down. Like, does he, he's got to think that he's got to get it back eventually, but like, does he want the pressure of if his game is at such a poor point, this, you know, does he want maybe just take a year off and get, you know, get his game right and hopefully come back in two years. I'm sure he doesn't want that. And I'm sure he, he's a professional athlete. Like he's, he's got enough (laughs) game and experience and, and success to, still probably have a lot of confidence but um but yeah i don't know i wonder about that is there yeah i i I don't i don't think there's any doubt that he wants to be on the team i don't think that's the question i think is like for being a guy as confident as he is because of this slump like is there that like one percent doubt in like your own ability after you've struggled for months and months and months like this is not one bad tournament um i wonder if something like that would creep in and obviously when we're dealing with teams that are going to be this close you know, everything on the margin sort of matters. Um, and I think that's, you know, that will be interesting to see, but yeah, if he, uh, if, if he goes and plays horrible at the Ryder cup, like that's like a confidence ender, I I would think going forward and crazily enough, like I can see and believe any scenario that's about to happen in these next couple of weeks. Like he doesn't get picked. Uh, he gets picked and plays poorly. He gets picked and plays awesome like anything is in play uh which will be pretty interesting going forward it should be yeah these these last like three or four spots on the u.s team like i'm so intrigued to see um not only who's going to be picked but like how they will play um you know if it's if it's maybe a guy without um one of the marquee names um that usa has to rely on going into like sunday singles yeah no yeah for sure yeah it's very exciting to for to see how it's going to play out and yeah there's um there's been a lot of question marks at the bottom of the of you know united states team not for it's necessarily a bad thing but it's a couple guys who would you would have hoped they would be in better form than they are at this point in the season coming into this tournament so that they have the history and and the the pedigree is there but we'll just see if uh if it shows up at the, at the time when it's needed. So. Yeah, that'll be a, uh, certainly be touched on. I'm sure in a longer pod, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, all right. So I want to wrap it up, Kev. This has been going around on the internet. It was on foreplay, uh, the last couple of days. It's been sort of on Twitter. The, uh, the golf debate uh, of the time right now is this scenario. Um, a, a group plays 18 holes. Um, they're getting through the front nine. And as they're going from nine to 10, the pace of play is just horrendous. Uh, 
So they play the front nine again uh, instead of playing the back nine. One of the players on the second loop around the front nine uh, hits a hole-in-one on a par three. His friends don't want to count it as an official hole-in-one or need to like asterisk it or give it some sort of like uh, addendum. And he wants to believe it's a pure hole in one. Where do you fall? Did you have you heard of this debate yet? And if so, where do you fall in this debate? Uh, I have heard about it. Yes, um, I didn't really listen to the. I just listened to like a little soundbite, so I didn't really hear everyone's opinion or or what they thought. Um, but I I guess it I guess it comes down to what do you mean? Like, what does it mean for it to be a real? hole in one like is he allowed to tell people that he got a hole in one or does he count it like towards his score or because because like if if he's like competing or i mean you, you wouldn't play the same nine holes if you're competing but but if he's going to like claim the score overall on like the whole round i don't think that's necessarily right because you're not playing the the true 18 holes and and that hole in one obviously helps your score quite a bit. So if you shot like your, your best round ever yeah. and you're saying, Oh, I shot this number. I, I kind of have a problem with that, yeah. but I don't have a problem with him. Like telling people that he's got a hole in one. Like I don't really. Does he need to explain I, I it? This is where I sort of fall. So what I would declare like not a real hole in one quote unquote, yeah. like I think is, like if you make a hole in one, for example, on like a par three course, I think when you say, if somebody asks you the question, you have to say, yes, but it's on a par three course or mm -hmm. something like that. Do you yes. have to, do you have to say, do you have to give the full story if somebody asks you the question in this scenario? I think that you do. I think that he does. Yes. Uh, but, but I would hope I would think, or I don't really know. I would, I would say personally, like, oh, that's all right. Like that, it I counts, still count. Right? Like, I still right. count. Yeah, I still count it. But you don't. That's the type of thing you don't want to come out like after the fact. Like, yes. You can't be going yes. around telling people you have a hole in one, and then your his friends that were with him are like, yeah, but he played the same. Night. Like you yeah. need to be the one to volunteer that information because you don't want it coming out from someone else afterwards. And if you do that, then I and think people gotten ahead of like, it. Yeah, and people will be like, okay, well, at least he was honest about it. And like, yeah, that still counts, man. All you right. Know? I wonder if he bought all the round, if he bought the drinks, then he should get like, that's true. Credit, it right? counts, like, right? Yeah. 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 That's actually a pretty good argument on him. Like, hey, do you guys want to drink or no? Like, is it real? Yeah, right. I'm not going to buy if not. <laughs> right. I like that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think where I sort of fell was if somebody asked me and I got it under that scenario, I think I would say, yeah, like, yeah, we were playing the second. It's funny. We were playing the second loop. And my expectation coming back to whoever I was talking to is I was that I would get no pushback on that being legit. That would be my expectation of that, because right. I think that's what I would give back. Um, some of the arguments that I heard for why it's not valid, I totally disagree with. Like they said, because it should not count because he had a chance to figure out what club he should use the second time, like adjust clubs. Yeah. And I'm just like, so can you never play the same course ever again? Like, don't you sort of play, you know, if you play that also, same like, hole just, ever again. Also, like, we're not that good. Like, it's yeah, a, yeah like, that's not like I could play the same hole a hundred times and probably not get a hole. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have. I know. I, I, I heard it. Right. I heard that same. That was one of the part. The I totally the that would that, that would infuriate me. Like, what what are you talking about? We just yeah. 
it's the same hole. It's always there. Like you can, right. you, I played this course before in my life. Like it was, does, so does that invalidate it? The same hole twice. Yeah. I guess like the, I guess the holes in the same spot, but like most, yep. yeah, whatever. I mean, we yep. played the same, we played the three, same hole three this times. weekend. Yeah, three times. I didn't, like, I didn't hit a green in one. I never mind a hole in one. I was so, I finally hit number three on the first shot. I was beyond pumped. If <laughs> I, I never, I finally. If I never saw number three again in my life, I'd be so happy. That was that was a killer. I also, on that same hole-in-one scenario, like, can you not make a hole-in-one playing nine holes? Like, if you went to the course and just paid for nine holes and played nine holes, I've heard people say that doesn't count, and that's just bullshit. I'm sorry. I yeah. will not even entertain that that line of thinking that you have to play 18 holes um, to do that. Yeah. So, no, do you, absolutely not. Would you I agree. would you count it in a scramble? Um good question. Would it matter what shot you were you were in in a scramble? I would that, that's the first thing that immediately came to my mind. I think if it's the first shot it all it absolutely counts. Um no, I think it <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 I think it still I think it still counts no matter what shot it is all right and i think but again i think you, you have to put to it say, in the story oh you need nice to say it okay was in the story yeah it so always yeah because because people when you if you're going to be talking about your own hole in one like people are going to want to know the story anyway i guess I mean, they're going to want to know the details maybe i don't know but you need to be forthcoming about the format but i but i think they all count i think a scramble counts i think nine holes counts i think playing the same nine holes counts it's a legit par three like is that a th- yeah. i think even par three courses count if they're not oh. it's not like a pitch and putt if um, it's not the seven if it's not 70 yard par threes like if you're playing like a legit like 120 plus yard par threes i think it counts now we're on now we're on different wavelengths <laughs> i think it i think it counts with a gigantic asterisk next to it uh, and I think it has to be mentioned that cannot be something where you're like, I guess the difference in the story I'm trying to tell, like if you, if you get asked, there are two, it's either, yeah, man, it was a pitching wedge from one, whatever it was at this course. Yeah. But it was X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think a par three course firmly and squarely goes into the yes, but it was at a par three. So it counts. But like I said, it has, it's an, it's an impure Hole in one, I'll say. Yeah. Pitch and putts, I don't think count. Uh, and then if you're playing a part, like I know we've played a part three course where there's like a 45 yard hole, a couple 120s, a yeah. couple 130s. But if you make it on the 45 yard hole, I don't even think you can say that. Like I think you just keep that out of the conversation. You can't say you have a hole in one if you yeah. play on a 45 yard hole. Yeah. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to see how people judge and how, like how, how many purists there are. Uh, that yeah, I just I would hate to play with uh, any of these people who were like, are they just haters though? Like they just I don't know. They just want it's freaking wrap a port from Barstool was like the only way a hole in one counts is eighteen holes played in a stroke play like a a real style. Yeah, true. And yeah. I just I, I don't I, I don't agree with, with that. that. Yeah, right. I disagree. I'm glad we're on the same page. I would love to. At some point, I think we should probably get a guest on and go through every single hole in one scenario to see who is the hardest, hardest standards for a pure, unadulterated hole in one. <laughs> I wonder if we had any hole in ones amongst our Ryder Cup group. Probably not. I don't. 
I don't have one. I don't. Yeah. I, I know. Either. So I know. Oh, this is actually pretty funny. I know that Dave has one at a par three course. I did not think of him when I had that point of view. Uh, that was independent. But now that it sort of, you know, gives a little jab, I kind of like that even more. Dave DeJesus has, know, has he's one, got one. He's got one at buttonhole, I think. Oh, I did not know that. I don't know the details about how far it was or what, but I know he's got one, but it's on the par three. So I'm giving it, I'm giving him, he's got one hole in one with a little star next to it. That's my, it's my judge. All right. Should we get him on? Oh, that would be a, a ratings <laughs> bonanza. I mean, it also might devolve into like, uh, like a bickering match between the two of us and then just me <laughs> sort of kicking him out of the zoom. So you don't know which, which direction that could go in. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. Dave, I hope you haven't listened to this all the way through. That was a tough ending for you, buddy. <laughs> all right. Dude, I got nothing else. That was a good a good recap. Uh, that yeah, that officially closes the book on the the Ryder Cup, uh, the amateur Ryder Cup portion of of our podcast year. Um, you know, next week we'll sort of get back to business, picking the uh, picking the FedEx Cup championship, giving out some picks, talking about the Ryder Cup, talking about a little bit more uh, pro golf. So, looking forward to that. Thanks, Kev. Thanks to everybody for listening. Pass this along. Let's grow that event next year. Get, you know, 150 golfers out there. That would be pretty sweet. Um, And yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing else. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Peace.